You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family. Welcome back to the podcast. If you listened yesterday, you heard Brie Fennell share a little bit about her struggle with assurance of salvation. I preached about that a week and a half ago or so, and a lot of people in our church responded to that sermon and told me that this was something that they dealt with. They were glad we talked about in church. And so Brie and I had a conversation that led to yesterday's podcast and to today's. So this is a follow-up from yesterday's episode. If you listened, you're already right on track. If you did not listen, you may want to go back and pick up yesterday's episode before you listen today. But either way, Brie Fennell, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So Brie, people don't know that these days you're the person on the other end of the podcast. You're uploading and handling the <laughs> online version. Like you make the podcast happen. I sit by a microphone, but you're the one that loads it every day. So thanks for doing that. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And so now today you're on the microphone side of the podcast. Welcome back and let's chat a little bit. So you told me when we were when I talked to you about the First John series that in your struggle for assurance of salvation, for confidence in your relationship with the Lord, the letter of 1 John was very helpful to you. And a lot of other people have said that. So today's podcast, I would love to talk about how 1 John encourage you? What passages or does any of this stand out for you? So why don't you share that with us? Yeah. So at the time that I was going through all of the just difficulty with assurance of salvation, was feeling really, really down and just felt pretty paralyzed by the fear of, okay, am I found in Christ or not? Um, My church at FBC, FBC Ellisville was going through First John. And so I was hearing it preached. Yeah, okay, great. And so I was hearing every single day, really every Sunday, I was just hearing all of these messages from First John. And so it, it led me to seek it out myself. And so I was reading in First John consistently for probably four months. And I mean, it took four months of just reading deep into it to be like, okay, this is this is the Lord's word to me. This is what I have confirmation in. And I think it took that long because I was trying to find the confirmation in myself and in the words that I'd said, you know, like we had talked about or the lack thereof, the wrong words being said. And so the passage that I would say really spoke to me the most was in 1 John 4. And in verse 13, we read, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. And then verse 19, we love because he first loved us. And I, that last verse probably I shouldn't have been quite as 
just dealing with that constantly. But at the same time, it was such an awesome verse because it's, I grew up memorizing that verse in Bible drill and it kind of was just this cliche, you know, Jesus loves us. And it was at that moment, whenever I kept on reading that and the Holy Spirit was reiterating that to me, that he reminded me, you know, you, you were mine, not because you loved me first, but because I first loved you. I have put the Holy Spirit in you. Like I have put the Holy Spirit in you so that you can abide in me and I in you. And everything that you do should be an outflow of that, not of your good works, not of, you know, going to church every Sunday, but truly of, wow, the Lord has loved me. And my response to that love is to love other people. And so I guess I would say whenever I started realizing in the context of that scripture and really the whole rest of First John, I started to realize that it wasn't about me. It wasn't about the words that I had said. It wasn't about me pursuing the Lord the best ever because I, I honestly fail in that a lot. But it was about the fact that he first loved me. And that my response simply is to love him and to love other people. Good word. One of the things that I'm finding reading First John on my own, preparing for the sermons, um, and just in, in talking with people too, is that a lot of time for people, a lot of the time for people who are legitimately saved, they really have reached out to the Lord intentionally to ask for salvation, but they cannot stay convinced of that. A lot of the times, what I'm finding is their focus is on themselves. And on their feelings instead of on the word mm. and on the Lord. It's yeah. almost like if salvation is an action that happens from the Lord towards us, there are two people involved, right? The Lord mm-hmm. and then there's us. And it seems to me that sometimes when we're plagued by our lack of assurance is because we're fixated on our end of that relationship instead yeah. of focusing on his end. And so then our feelings are telling us, you know, you're not doing enough. You're not good enough. Are you truly saved? Are you sure you're saved? Did you say it right? Do you mean it? Mm -hmm. You know, would God keep you? Would God love you? Instead of on what the scripture teaches us about salvation. Right. And I used this illustration a few days ago and it makes sense to me. Now let's be clear for the podcast listeners. This is Ben's illustration. This is not the Bible, right? This is this is your pastor trying to make, I guess, a, a parable, right? So if we imagine the covenant of salvation, where I declare that Christ Jesus is my Lord, and I believe in the resurrection of Jesus, and I am saved, if, if we imagine that as a rescue, as the Lord coming to redeem his lost son, okay? First of all, remember that I, according to the Bible, I was dead, mm. right, in yep. my transgressions and sin, and God made me alive. So I don't know how much I should expect from my end of it anyway, <laughs> if we're honest, right? Yep. I honestly was a grateful recipient. Mm-hmm. I didn't earn my salvation. But this parable, this little analogy makes sense to me. So if you might imagine, I've got three boys, right? And imagine my kids swimming in the deep end of a pool and they lose their confidence, they lose their stroke, they lose their breath, and they begin to flail and take in water. They're drowning. And they cry out to me, Dad, save me. And I, I see my son looking to me for help, not looking to anybody else for help. He's looking to me for the rescue. 
And as dad, I jump into the water and I swim out and I, and I wrap my arm around him just like you're taught to when you rescue somebody from the water, right? And so I grab him firmly with my arm and as he's choking on water, he takes his small hand and tries to grab onto my arm and he's reaching for me the best he can. He's trying to hold on, but I've got him firmly in my grip and I swim him to the ladder and he's still with his little hand reaching for mine or trying to grab me and occasionally holding tight. And I lift him out of the water and pull him over the side and I have saved my son, right? Well, I think about that in the sense that whose grip made the difference in that, say, in that rescue? The Absolutely father? The father's. <laughs> That's right, the father's yeah. or the son. But I think about it the same in salvation. When I cried out to God for rescue, the Lord came to a dead heart and made it alive. Mm-hmm. He gave me salvation. He gave me his righteousness. And from that point forward, it's not like I was magically able to earn any of that. It was a free gift to begin with. I began in the Spirit. I finished in the Spirit. It's mm-hmm. God's work, not mine. And so why is it that I immediately start to think that my strength, like my ability to reach out and cling on to God, that's what's going to make the difference in my eternal salvation? Mm. No, my salvation, my rescue was because of God's grip, God's strong right hand to begin with, and that's how it will end. And I just, I don't know, I think about that analogy because I think when we begin to wrestle the most with our salvation, it's because our focus is on ourselves, our feelings, our end of the Mm. covenant, not on God's and not on his promise and his word and what he says in the scripture. Does that make sense, Brittany? Yeah, for sure. So, I, And I think one of the things that I would tell people as we wrestle with our salvation is just to fix your eyes on Jesus and mm-hmm. focus on what the scripture says, not on your feelings. Like yeah. focus on what the Lord has taught, not on how you feel today and on God's end of salvation. Do you yeah. have any other any other scripture passages or anything else you would say to our listeners who are saying, man, I just, that's me. I am still mm-hmm. wrestling with assurance, with confidence in my salvation? Well, for me, I would just, I would make the comment that if you're in that situation, you're listening to this podcast, the response is not to try to find assurance in this podcast or the words that Ben and I are sharing right now, but truly to go to scripture for yourself and see the truth of the gospel. Like you were saying, you know, really lean into the truth over your feelings And do that for yourself because Ben and I can't do that for you. And so I would just encourage everybody who's in that place, really seek the scripture. First John is a great place to start um, and just lean into what the Lord has for you. So I think the the more I have concentrated on this topic, the more I've been, um, I guess, gratefully reminded, blessed to think about the Lord's character. You know, Mm -hmm. and I realize that when we think about God's salvation to us, we need to realize that it depends on His character and strength, not ours. Therefore, mm-hmm. sometimes, if we're not careful, if we go too far lacking confidence in our salvation, if we're just convinced that we can't possibly be saved, at what point have we begun to doubt God at His Word? You know, that right. God would keep His Word, that God's character is as good as He says it is. You know, And I think that's one of the things I want to remind us is that the danger here, if we if we persist, in not, mm-hmm. is not only that we won't be filled with joy, peace, and gratitude, but also that we 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 really aren't looking properly at God's heart and who He is. It's almost like I used this analogy the other day. I don't know if it makes sense. 
you know, God has come to us as an overly gracious, overly loving, overly merciful benefactor, as a father who freely gives and wants to adopt us into his family, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes when I look back and say, yes, but did I say the words right? Did I say this when I prayed? Did I do this correctly? Have I I held on well enough? Have I been good enough? Is it true? Sometimes when we go on and on about that, it might be a sign that we've forgotten God's character. Mm-hmm. And some says if, like, this is the, the little analogy I've created. It's almost as if we think of it like we're a child being adopted by a father and we stand in the judge's office. And this father loves us with his heart and wants us in his home. And we're looking at the father saying, I want you to be my dad. Adopt me. Please take me to your home. But for some reason, we imagine that there's this blockage in that father's heart. He says, nope, not till you ask me correctly. I'm begging, please. Nope, not yet. Please, would you take <laughs> me to your home? Now nah, you haven't said it the way I want to hear it yet. Yeah. And it's so absurd when we think about it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, Because God literally has moved heaven and earth to bring our redemption to us. Mm-hmm. And then when we are plagued with our doubts of salvation, sometimes it's almost as if we forget that that was his heart and that that's who he mm-hmm. is and that he hasn't made it that hard, you know? So anyway, yeah. Bree, I appreciate you sharing some from your experience. And I just, I hope that this is, I know this is a real issue. So I hope that as our listeners who are hearing the podcast today, uh, I hope that as they listen to, to your words, think about your scriptures, that they'll go to their prayer closet, that they'll go to First John and find some comfort in their salvation so they could rejoice in the joy of the Lord. Thanks for being with us. Glad to have you. Thanks.